Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety from the Lighthouse Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me this evening via Zencaster is my friend Michael Leboff. And Mike, it's your favorite time of year. Uh, the preseason is upon us. The Islanders are two games in. They're 2-0. Uh, been a pretty intense preseason games. Uh, more intense than I can say I've ever remembered before. But uh, lots of uh, exhibition action for you to take in because I know that's your favorite thing in the whole world. Guys putting their bodies on the line for absolutely no reason whatsoever. Yeah, it is horrifying. I uh, <laughs> I probably watched like, you know, 10, 40-second snippets of both <laughs> games. And, uh, you know, just, just wanted to see them be like, okay, we're playing hockey again. Let that register and turn it off. And each time I turn it on, I just get even more and more scared. Uh, I think like the first thing I saw was like Ilya Sorokin stretched out to make a save. And I was like, oh, God, get up, get up. And, uh, it was like totally routine, but you just – yeah, you don't you don't want to see it and uh, see anybody get hurt in these games, and uh, that's it's such a weird thing to watch because of that. Like you're basically, you know, score doesn't matter. Sure, like you can say like the process matters or certain guys it does matter for, but you know, as a whole, um, you don't. I don't. Do you remember what the Islanders? I know they didn't have it really have a preseason last season, but I don't think anybody remembers any preseason game ever except for when. <laughs> Dion yeah. Phaneuf hurt Kyle Oposo and Mark Strike got hurt, right? Like yeah. that's all that's all we remember. So like I think Strike got hurt in a practice, uh, in yeah. fairness. But I get what yeah. you're saying. Yeah. Like you don't remember that. So you don't remember the the you know the anything else. And uh, you know, maybe that changes uh with, mm. with this year and with the uh uh with A2 Ratu, I think mm. I got hopefully we pronounce his name right, but um, you know, because he's he seems to be generating some buzz, but uh, yeah, it's not, not something I like at all. I just kind of scroll Twitter and just hold my breath, hoping that you don't see a tweet from someone saying like, so-and-so is down and not getting up. And I saw a flyer go down and block a shot yesterday, mm. um, with one of the other snippets and Keith Jones was on the color for ESPN plus and was like, yeah, like, look at him. That's like, that really shows like you're committed to the team. I'm like, no, don't, I would be so mad if I was a coach and I saw one of the guys go down and try to do that in a preseason game. I'd be so mad. <laughs> um, we're going to talk about uh, Atu Ratti and a couple other standouts in the second half. Uh, we're going to talk about the games first. Uh, before I get to w- what I'm going to say is sort of the counter, I think, to the the injury concerns, which are real concerns. I'm not. I'm just joking with you, but you know there there is a concern there, especially for us. We've seen it before. But before I do that, I want to get to something. I'm glad you brought up the the Flyers broadcast yesterday. 
which is the only way to watch the game if you had ESPN Plus, um, which team overrates their own players more? Flyers or Oilers? I know there's a lot of candidates out there, but I really feel like those two teams have really kind of zeroed in on this ability to make every single player on the team, no matter what station they're on, what level they're on, sound like the next superstar for their team. And these are guys that in a lot of cases we may never hear from ever again, if ever at all, period, because we're not fans of those. I feel like those two teams really have uh, the market cornered on, uh, well, you see, he's really bringing something to the team. Look at this. This is going to be great. And then the guy like, you know, ends up signing for the, the you know, South Carolina Stingrays like six months from now at ECHL. Like, it's just, I don't know. It's- yeah, it's it, it's different. Like they're, they're the, they like overhype their like on ice performance more than anything. And then you got the Leafs uh, contingent that overhypes like their, the existential, right. Like, the universe is is in flux because of <laughs> Michael Bunting or, or David Kampf. Like, and you know, the, the the world can go one of two ways. You know, if, if David Kampf is successful, gas prices are going to go down. Everyone's going to be excited, and <laughs> you, know, you know, but uh, and if it doesn't, it's not his fault. But the world could really be in mm. in in terror or in danger. But um, yeah, it's it's it is funny to hear. Um, and I think a lot of it too is is um, you know, for pre-trots era islanders you're you're watching the preseason and being like all right like you know yeah like same thing gotta hope that the Tavares is and oposos mm. and whoever get out okay but you're also <laughs> also watching the guys you're like you can't overhype you can't right. <laughs> yeah. it's impossible was, to overhype that's uh, what made me think about it because i remember watching islanders games you know preseason games on tv before and whether it was like brendan and butch or howie beforehand like there was never an idea that those guys were ever going to play anywhere other than Bridgeport. Like it was never <laughs> yeah. like, you know, oh, this guy could really contribute to the Islanders yeah. that are, it's like, no, he, he's going to play here for a couple of weeks and then he's going to go back to Bridgeport and the regular guys are going to be here, you know? Yeah. So, it's more like Matthew, like Matthew Spiller. He, he's got a lot of size and yeah. like, that's it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Right, you can yeah. see, you can see what you, the, the Scott Gordon sees in him. It's his size, but there's mm. a lot more work to, you know, that he has to do to make a regular, Hmm. appearance in the lineup and yeah and then you flip it to the to the other broadcasts and i think it was like who brandon perlini scored for the oilers yesterday yeah. and everyone was like oh my god this guy could really be a contributor, what a, contributor. Like- <laughs> what a what a you know and if he and if he can stick you know and contribute i don't know 25 30 goals from the third <laughs> line then the oilers might have a chance at winning this division yeah meanwhile it's the islanders like the only way we're going to see any of these guys after say October 1st as if somebody gets hurt. Like that was it. You know, that was the only way you're going to see nobody was ever beating anybody yeah. else out for it. Yeah. How we basically set would like serve it up like that. He's he'd be like, look, if you're seeing Sean Bentavoglio, <laughs> it, it means the Islanders were sellers at the deadline. Yeah. And you know, Michael Grabner and, and all right. those guys are out of town. So you might I mean, not want to see this guy again. Yeah. And well, and you would see them again in, inevitably in like April, like the last two weeks of the season yes, when yeah. they were out of the playoffs and like Mike Eagledon was, you know, the second line center or something like that. So anyway, but I just thought of that while I was watching that game. Anyway, let's talk about those games um, because I think to counter the injury fears, which again are are legitimate and I, I have them too. But one good thing I like about the Islanders this year is that they have 782 people in camp. Like there's literally a million people here. <laughs> I, I have to have, I've had the games on one screen and then the Islanders website up on another to see the numbers because I don't know. Like I just, I'm like, who are these guys? Very few regulars have played. Um, the game against the Rangers had Brock Nelson, uh, Josh Bailey, the two thirds of the fourth line, Cal Clutterbuck erupted for goal and two assists. He and Casey Zekas uh, certainly didn't miss a beat. Uh, and Ilya Sorokin in goal, and uh, Ryan Pulak was playing too. I forget who else was on D, but it was a lot of guys I had never heard of. They ended up winning that game 4 nothing. As Dom said, it's still fun no matter when when you beat the Rangers. It's always fun, especially a shutout. And then last night, they beat the Flyers 3-2 in overtime, and again, there was a sprinkling of regulars, Kyle Palmieri, uh, Anthony Beauvillier, who ended up scoring the game-winning goal in overtime. Uh, Adam Pellick, I believe, played in that game. But... Uh, the goalies were Corey Schneider and Ken Appleby, all former Devils goaltending tandem for a game against the Flyers. Sure, why not? Uh, and, uh, you know, a bunch of other dudes that, you know, you're probably not going to hear from again. So, you know, I think that's a conscious effort on Barry's part to 
not play regulars too much. We have not seen Zdeno Chara play yet. We haven't seen Zach Parisi. Matt Martin is still nursing an ankle injury. You know, what is, you know, Matt Martin, he's, he's skating on his own, but like, what's he going to get out of these scrimmages? Probably not much of anything. Simon Varlamov is nursing something nagging. We don't quite know what it is yet, but again, you know, he's working with the goalie coaches, I'm sure. And I don't think getting into these, these preseason games and getting hit or anything is really going to be all that important. Uh, And there's another guy. Oh, uh, Samuel Bulldog, who again is probably ticketed for Bridgeport. So, I mean, you know, he's, he's been around and skating, but hasn't played yet. So um, it's, I think that's okay. And I don't mean to say that like, well, if those guys get hurt, it's fine. But I'm just saying like by having these guys and you're not having to overplay them too much in the, in the preseason, you're obviously putting them at less risk for an injury, which is good because I, again, I think the same way you do. And we're going to talk about this topic. I think a little bit more once we get to closer to the Olympics, uh, it's another sore subject for Islanders fans, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, so far all, all, all preseason caveats, you know, apply, but I don't remember watching two more intense preseason games than these two. There was hitting, there was guys really going out there. And I think really trying to get the attention of the coaching staff and win a spot. And the funny thing is like for the Islanders, I don't know where that spot is going to be. I mean, they're most, their lineup is mostly already set. You know, you might have some juggling here and there, but like, Guys like Richard Panic have come in and played really, really well, and and I think are really trying to again establish something and, and get a good spot. I don't usually preseason games are very boring and not much happens, but I mean even in that game against the Rangers, they were they were flying around pretty pretty hard. I thought the pace was pretty good, and I was like, wow, did I miss something? Or maybe I just haven't watched a preseason game in a very long time because it didn't feel like any preseason game I've seen in a, in years. Uh, although there haven't really been <laughs> now that I think about it. It's it's like it goes to the whole ethos of the the franchise right now, which is just professionalism from the second you wake up to the second you go to bed, right. um, which obviously we we all know about. Like it seems, even the way that Barry Trotz spoke about the the first game, he's like, "These guys are all pros. Like you're not going to get anything short of professional from them, no matter what's going on." Like, and I think he means that in like in the sense that oh no, they know preseason and they know how to work the right way in preseason game to kind of ramp up. He's not saying that Brock Nelson's going to get down on one knee to block a shot. <laughs> that would be unprofessional and yeah. also horrifying. So please don't ever do that, Brock. <laughs> Go back into your bubble wrap and get ready for your next shift. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that's that's kind of like the theme and what, why guys like Richard Panic, et cetera, are, are playing the way they are. Because it's like, look, you – we have a very, this is, I can't believe I'm saying this, but we have a very high standard here on the Islanders <laughs> and you gotta, you gotta meet that high standard. Um, and that means, you know, you're the new guy. So this is your chance to show that you can meet that standard and know how to play in all three zones, et cetera. Um, so that's, I think what, why you're seeing those kind of guys uh, play the way they are, uh, you know, and then similarly, like, with the youngsters, like they're going to make mistakes or whatever. And it's going to quickly be pointed out rather than, you know, going back to what we said off the top, which was the preseasons of yore when the Islanders were in the dark ages, you'd see, you know, a a young player, maybe like Mark Caddick or someone who they had (laughs) thought was going to be a part of the future, make a mistake at a blue line. And the kind of way it was handled was, Oh yeah. Like he's a young guy. Like those mistakes will, you know, will happen. Whereas like now it's, no, you can't do that if you want to stick around this camp. Like you can't turn the puck over uh, like that, or or make a bad pinch or something. Uh, because, like I said, we have a high standard, and going doing the, making those mistakes goes against it. Um, so I think that like it is it. Who knows what what they what like is actually happening during practice and in the locker room? But it just seems even even the preseason and the kind of the approach that these guys are taking to it seems night and day from what we saw um, under previous regimes uh, and even the way that they're being covered and talked about uh, these preseason games too uh, kind of reflects that it's, it's a, it's, it's all been all business. Uh, Mm. And uh, that seems to just be the theme right now. It's, it's like, you know, get ready, get a, 
do your homework for for the real thing, which which feels like it's still eons away because <laughs> what are they playing? A hundred preseason games? They're trying to kill me. <laughs> so the next one is Saturday, and I think they have like maybe four or five more after that. Uh it's probably probably too many, but they, they have at least four in Bridgeport, I believe. And they haven't played any yet. And that, that would be Saturday would be their first game in Bridgeport. So if you can get up to Webster Bank Arena and you want to check out some preseason action, go for it. Um, yeah, you know, it's it's definitely been all business. Um, that was another thing that I noticed, you know, in playing. They seem to really have um, kind of established. I mean, obviously, the team has already established their, their style of play and guys who've been here three years, they don't really need it kind of go over it probably just more of a refresher thing and so they they seem to really play that style and and you know they were limiting scoring chances against the game against the flyers got a little bit loose uh the flyers did eventually you know tie the game kind of midway through the third uh i don't think barry was really sweating it they they were you know had had been kept mostly in check for most of the game too too completely nobody scored. It wasn't like Claude Giroux or somebody scored. Um, and you know, one of them, he's Barry even said, kind of uh, Schneider was sort of screened on it. So you know, what are you going to do? But um, you know, I, it, that's the thing that got me was that it seemed like these guys were they were keeping up to that standard and were looking to impress the coaches. And what's to me the most interesting thing about it is. You know, there's always every team obviously is going to start making cuts. Barry said that maybe by the end of the week they might have an idea of who the first cuts are going to be. Again, they have a game Saturday, so I don't know if they would cut anybody before that, uh, but we'll have to see. But, uh, you know, a lot of times what happens is you, you the phrase trying to sneak him through waivers uh, at the, the end of camp kind of comes up because that's when you know, every team puts <laughs> nine or 10 guys on waivers because they got to make cuts and get down to the, the maximum player capacity by the start of the season. And it just makes too many guys for you to pick up and on waivers and stuff. But uh, so I am curious to see what happens because the Islanders, as we know, uh, aren't afraid to keep a guy on the roster when he's not actually going to play. I mean, Ross Johnston played last, yeah. uh, game and, uh, against the Rangers and uh, I actually played both games. And I think about it and uh, he looked, he scored a great goal against the Rangers and you know, that's probably the, the most game action Ross Johnson's got in a very long time. and might be the only game action he's going to get in a very long time, but they don't mind keeping guys around, around like that. Thomas Hickey was around for a while last year too. So uh, I am curious to see what happens when the cuts start happening, because I don't, I want to see what the philosophy is with some of these guys. Cause again, there's not a lot of empty, spots on this roster but you obviously for a long season back to 82 games now you're going to need depth and you're going to need people that come in and maybe having them in the practice team is preferable to sending them down to bridgeport i don't know i don't know what they're thinking <laughs> yeah there's 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 two things there you said that cracked me up one the sneaking through waivers uh, <laughs> part of the season is hilarious because <laughs> all the all the uh hockey twitter world i can't believe on 32 teams just passed up on Eric Gustafson? Are you kidding me? Like, yeah, they did because he's maybe he's just not that good or something. Like they, and also these other teams have roster uh, don't have roster space either. I always mm. find find that part of the season really funny. Like when when the Islanders would wave Josh Hosang, and I was like, yeah. "Wow, look, looks like another thirty one teams just passed on on like a surefire all star mm. or whatever." And uh, so get ready for that. You're gonna. I was just going to mention him because it's always like, well, good luck losing him. Way yeah. to go, idiots! And then like nobody picks him up, and it's like, yeah, as if they never hear anybody. Yeah, okay. It's like it's like the, the way that sometimes people on Twitter talk about yeah. the management team. It's like they're just you know flying completely blind. <laughs> yeah, like like they don't know the rules of waivers or right. that that other teams uh, <laughs> might need these players. Or that's a putting, that's putting a huge holiday on hockey Twitter is the day everybody tries to they try to sneak everybody through waivers because it just shows how what big morons you all are. <laughs> you don't know what you have. Anyway, <laughs> oh, it's so great. And um, yeah, the other thing is, I was actually joking with a couple of my friends yesterday about that uh, or about uh, Michael Dalcole, and I was like, you know how the Islander culture is amazing is that Michael Dalcole keeps coming back <laughs> and he's one of those players that the Islanders just keep on the NHL roster and don't right. play like him, Sebastian, Ajo, <laughs> Hickey and those. And, and I know last year was different because the taxi squad and, and whatever, but that's just something I think they've done that Lamarillo doesn't have a problem doing. He just likes guys sticking in the organization because that means that they know, uh, you know, the rules that he likes and, 
or and the the quote quote like right way to play um, and carry yourself and uh, so yeah I'm interested to see who those guys are. My friend made a joke he said about uh, Ratty or Ratu. He said uh, he's like yeah he's, he looks really good. Like I can't wait for him to be allowed to play for this team in seven years because <laughs> it does seem like there's this funny process where you you play in Bridgeport um, you get maybe do a couple spins with the big club. If there's an injury, you go back to Bridgeport. Then you come up, you sit in the press box for a season or two uh, as a, as a healthy scratch. And then, and then you get to play. So it's, it is uh, <laughs> funny that, that the Islanders seem to be like, I don't maybe, and maybe we're naive because we don't pay t- this, you know, attention to the healthy scratches every night for other teams, but I don't can't really recall another team who, who does that, who basically has carries players like Ross Johnston, Michael Dalcol or Aho for a whole season like a whole season uh and and they just never really see the light of day uh so that uh i am excited to see who the 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 black aces even though you don't get black aces for the mm. regular season who uh who who the press box all-stars are it's, <laughs> it's mean, gonna be fun i i, fo- I follow now that i'm thinking about I, I follow at least you know one writer or at least some fan or you know blogger from i mean just about every team in the league and I don't know of anybody else that has done this. And this isn't like a Lou Lamorello thing either. This is like, we all remember the saga of JF Barubi, who spent, I mean, he's the all-star of of press box all-stars. I mean, he's the <laughs> Hank Aaron of press box all-stars. Like he's, yeah. you know, they invented the phrase for him. Like this guy literally sat in a press box for a year and a half. They, they should name the, the the press box at UBS Arena. Like there right. should be a little plaque outside of it. Like, <laughs> The John, John well, Francois Berube press box. Now, now he, he's really the the patron saint of the, really the Barclays Center press box because I think he probably was up there more than than anything else. But uh, you know they they were so afraid of losing this guy on waivers for whatever reason that they just literally refused to put him on there and they carried a third goalie for a year and a half without ever using him. Like it's insane. They they sent him on a conditioning stint that one time just to get him like some actual work. So. You know, this is just an Islanders thing. I don't know of anybody else that that has that kind of thing, and it's just it's very weird. Um, but the funny thing is, nobody seems to complain about it. Like, yeah, they keep coming back. They keep coming back. I mean, you'd think like you know Thomas Hickey. Obviously, he had you know we're we're huge fans of his, so you know whatever he wants to do is is cool with us. But like you know, he had some injury problems. He came back, and his job was stolen. And then they traded that guy who stole his job. And he still didn't play. Like he played until he didn't play until somebody got hurt. And it's like he could have raised a big stink or like said, "I, I want to get traded. I need you to move me, do something." And he never did. Even Andrew Ladd, who is now not even here anymore, like he's got nothing but good things to say about the Islanders. Josh Hosang, you know, I've unfortunately still have some Leafs fans uh, in my follows, and you know they're trying to like, you know, already prove that. Josh Hosang is, you know, uh, gonna, you know, he, he's this sort of uh, uh, diamond in the rough that, you know, is gonna uh, appear uh, like a like a spectral uh, angel coming down from the hockey heavens to help the Leafs. <laughs> he was telling he was telling some reporter that Lou Lamorello was a great man and he's helped him immensely. He's had nothing but great things to say about Brent Thompson, who played him, you know, and had him scratched in the AHL. So I don't know what's going on. <laughs> These guys, they they. Whatever little ice time they get, they never seem to complain too much about it, and they seem to come back. And again, Ross Johnston, he got a four-year contract, and you think at one point he'd you know want a regular spot, but I guess he gets it. And the fact that the Islanders right now are coming into the season as a contender, you know, expected to go pretty far in the playoffs, must have a lot to do with it as well. But it is a pretty funny thing, and I don't. It's funny that you mentioned. I never thought of it that way. Like I don't see other guy, other teams complaining about why that dude is in the press box. They, they complain about, you know, scratches and things like that. And if you follow any Flyers fans, you know, the whole Shane Gostas bear saga, which is now over as well, uh, was always a funny thing, you know, who he was scratched for and, and why and how stupid that was. But uh, as far as just dudes that are on like the sort of, you know, year long taxi squad, I don't, I don't know of any other team that does that. Yeah, so, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's, like a, it's a weird purgatory, and it's and it's something that that like if if it did happen with other teams, it would become like a meme and, and annoying. But since it's the Islanders, and you know, right. people don't really pay attention to the context of this team, just right. the, the service level stuff. They don't realize that yeah, Sebastian oh, he went yeah. two, two years with just kind of chilling in the press box, and then finally played, uh, scored a goal, yeah. uh, and, then, and then went right back to you know to his burrow. Uh, right. So yeah, it's uh, 
everyone else they were too busy making the Sebastian Ajo jokes about Sebastian the two Sebastian the two, Ajos. yeah, yeah <laughs> that, that they didn't realize that this guy is not played uh, since those jokes uh, made, were made originally so yeah so that's like just another kind of funky thing that that this team does and yeah. uh yeah I don't I don't recall it being a thing pre you know th- I guess that's two years ago maybe mm. three years ago but um even with us but now it's just like a a part of the the franchise and and, yeah. I, and it you got to wonder um of course there's there's no way we'd ever know because they're it's on such lockdown, but hmm. the negotiations with Michael Dalcole or Aho for their extensions, Otto Koivala, like what, what, how did Lou just get them to be like, yeah, no, he's, he's there's, you're not, you can't tell me that Otto Koivala's agent wasn't like, Hey dude, like you can hmm. get a lot more ice time playing for Jokerit or some, or, hmm. or just being like, Hey, I don't want to come back. Can you trade me to the coyotes? And so, cause <laughs> you know, let me, at least they'll, be interested in giving me a shot to see if I can stick in the NHL or something. <laughs> like, you know that those agents are probably saying that, but somehow, yeah, they, they keep coming back and you got to wonder um, if, uh, you know, if, if, if the, I mean, you don't have to wonder. It's definitely as part of it. It's just like the, the, this culture that we keep hearing so much about and was kind of a joke at first. Cause we all just assume it was a cliche, but then when you see it, you know, how successful the, the organization's been since Lamarillo and Trotz came and, cleaned up everybody's act that no maybe you know probably makes some sense that this is why uh a lot of these guys come back because they're they're learning something yeah i guess so and if another team did do that then they would be hailed as some sort of like pioneering uh you know outside the box thinkers and what a brilliant idea it is to keep these guys around and practicing and part of the team with but not actually playing and how they've bought it how wonderful that is meanwhile the islanders have been doing that for like three seasons so yeah, <laughs> yeah. If the word shrewd. If Kyle Dubas w- wakes up and he makes a shrewd breakfast, that's how much how many times that word is thrown around whenever he does anything. Like a oh, yeah. shrewd move from Dubas. He yeah. knows that David Kampf would be picked up on waivers, so he keeps him in the press box. <laughs> Let me introduce Meanwhile, you. While the rest good- of us are like <laughs> Jeff Perube, you know, and nobody yeah, really yeah, pays, yeah, pays exactly. any attention to the rest of the rest of us. But anyway. <laughs> Uh, okay, well, I mean, I think we've we've talked enough about <laughs> the preseason. Yeah, Judge Yeah, Judge Uh So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back, and we're going to talk about some of the standout players uh, of these games, one of whom we talked about briefly a second ago. And uh, then we're going to get into some bold predictions for the for the uh, the upcoming season. Mike had this idea, and we're going to go with it. And uh, it's going to be fun, I promise. These are going to be mind-blowing predictions that you <laughs> definitely – won't hear anywhere else. So uh, <laughs> come back in a minute and uh, we'll talk about those. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Our favorite sponsor is VintageIceHockey.com, where you can get t-shirts, hoodies, and mugs featuring over 100 classic hockey logos. Talked about this, I think, a week or so ago. They are here. They are official. Albany River Rats. I mean, come on. You've watched the Devils get really good. We all watched it happen, and we all know that the River Rats were a big part of that. They won the Calder Cup that I think the same year the Devils won their first Stanley Cup. It's a classic logo, and then you can get it at VintageIceHockey.com. Uh, they also have our Al Arbor t-shirts, and our portion of the sales of that go directly to the Center for Dementia Research. You can use the code Lighthouse15, save yourself 15%. So go to VintageIceHockey.com today and shop all of the cool styles and uh, logos. And it's probably well over 100 now, but it's, it's definitely a lot of 
of stuff. Uh, okay, so we talked a little about the preseason games. Uh, a couple of standout players. You mentioned him before, Atu Ratti. Uh, he's played in both games, turned a lot of heads, had a couple of cool sh- uh, shots on goal against the Flyers. Uh, you know, the, another classic uh, training camp phrase is didn't look out of place. Well, this dude does not look out of place. He looked pretty good uh, defensively, offensively. And uh, Barry basically came out and said, hey, he's going back. Like, this is not a guy who's going to make the roster this year, no matter what he does. Uh, and I'm fine with that. I mean, he's got another year left on his contract in Finland. It's fine. Uh, he's, you know, 19 years old. But Barry even said he doesn't play like he's 18 or 19. He, he plays like he's a veteran and he knows what he's doing out there. And it's really encouraging. Um, you know, it is cool to see a guy that young play that well in a training camp. And for me, my thinking is having a guy that good. And again, it's been two games, so let's not get too crazy. But having a guy who looks that good that early and knowing that he's going back to his you know, European team or junior team or whatever. And he's going to be good a couple of years later is a good thing. <laughs> like, I know people are going to be like, oh, why, why can't he play? This is a good problem to have. It means that your team is pretty good. And this guy who's also pretty good isn't doesn't have a spot right now, but he might soon. I don't know where, but soon. Uh, and so it has been cool to see him. Uh, you know, he, he's pretty noticeable. He's it's also a little bit bigger, I think, than I think we may yeah. have thought he was. But yeah, he looked pretty good so far. He, one of the one of the side effects of of being a team with in, in like a period of sustained success is you don't need um you know a ton of uh young players to to make the leap right like we're not relying on six Noah Dobsons to to keep this team uh, moving forward um and that's something that I think I never really noticed um you know because we were always like you know play the kids play the kids because we needed those kids to be really good to, for us to be content, you know, contenders. It was, you know, if Dustin Cohn is good, the Islanders <laughs> have a chance. Dylan Reese. Yeah. Dylan Reese. Dylan Reese. <laughs> he, he looks, if you know, it's, or it's, or the waiver wire stuff with, um, uh, sorry, Elvis is chewing a big bone, <laughs> but, uh, or, or, or they had to do the snow route, which is the, you know, get everything right on the waiver route wire. And he came close you know, a couple of times, but, uh, with the, the Islanders where they are right now, they, they don't, the fact that this guy looks awesome is great because it's like, yeah, he's, he's going to be a, you know, a solution for another time when the Islanders have a problem with, you know, center depth or whatever, and they need some more skill in the lineup. But, uh, and I think, you know, we, we pay so much attention to like these prospects pool rankings because, you know, you and I don't know how good prospects are and most people don't, but when these experts rate teams on prospects, it's mostly, um, like they're, they, they, they rake them more on like organizational depth than anything. How many good prospects you have. Whereas a team of the Islanders right now, they don't need to have a, a treasure trove of good <laughs> young players because they have so many good players in their prime. Uh, like they don't need to find a first line right wing because they have one for the next five years. Uh, so the Islanders farm system kind of is exactly what they need right now. They have players like Ratty who looks like legitimately, the real deal in his robust preseason career. <laughs> um, and he, let's say he, his ceiling is where he was supposed to be, which was like, he was a potential number one overall pick a couple summers ago. So if, if he is, if he lives up to like that sort of hype, like having that kind of player in your system means you don't need to have six other lottery tickets and hope one turns into Alex Dabrinkit or Pavel Datsuk or whatever. Um, so I'm it seeing him has just given me more confidence in in the length of kind of this window is like oh well like Aturati finds a way to uh to become you know a great player like then losing someone who's maybe at at the end of their contract in a couple of years isn't a huge deal and uh it's same goes with like on defense with with Bolduc and, and Salo it seems like that if these guys are are good as good as they're supposed to be like they don't need that many players after that because they have Pellick locked up for a while they've got uh Dobson on entry level still Ryan Pollock like a lot of money's coming off the books he shouldn't be a problem hopefully to resign mm-hmm. so it's like they only need one or two guys and if they if those one, one of those one or two guys is as good as this guy kind of is making us think he's gonna be then like 
look out like this could this could this could be something and um yeah the 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 fact that i feel like trots is much more apt to throw praise on players like cole bardrow which he's done Hmm. uh or richard panic or whoever uh than he is on the younger guys so like when he would talk about kiefer bellows he'd be like kiefer's got skill but but like he doesn't do this or that or this and with, (laughs) with with this guy it seems like he's like yeah this guy's he just wants to say like this guy's really, really bloody good, and uh, <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Like I'm, and almost like he's got a little bit of regret for saying that he's not going to be around, and that he's mm-hmm. got a, 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 his contract with uh, who is it, the Carpot or whatever in, yeah. in, in the Liga. Um, so yeah, it's uh, you know all good things there. I mean, I yeah. can't remember the last time up. Um, you know, it's, he, not saying that he had this much hype because he went in the second round of the draft, but um, when's the last time I felt this? excited about a prospect uh with the islanders because you know dobson even so like yeah we we knew he'd be good but i think his his uh kind of portfolio was more this guy's gonna be really solid he's gonna be a solid yeah. professional there's no holes in his game maybe he doesn't do anything great um even with barzell yeah he he you know he's he, very excited about the flashes of skill it's, it's can this guy put a thing to get his whole the whole game together um whereas like with with ratu um I think I guess since Barzell is the fair way to put it. Like I don't, I can't remember being this excited about someone since Barzell, unless I'm I'm completely blanking on someone. Yeah, I no, Sorokin. I would, Sorokin. Yeah. yeah, Sorokin, I guess too. <laughs> and that's maybe a, also different too. Maybe a little bit of Hosang too, because he was you know kind of a late round pick and had a lot of skill. Um, so I mean, there are names there, but like nobody really kind of showed. You know, making a pick is one thing, but like coming in and showing that skill is another. And I think in that case, if you're looking at Barzell, really, because he showed up and was like really good and you, the team was not that great. And so you thought we got to get this guy in the lineup right away. <laughs> and, you know, they send him back to G- they, he, he was there that for a couple of games and he played the one game. He got the two penalties right off the bat. And he, then he went back to junior and and had a standout season there. So, uh, you know, that would be my my closest thing, because I feel like in you know, the skill set in terms of like, you know, what you saw at camp made you be like, oh man, they got to get this guy in the lineup. Um, but again, the circumstances are different. The Islanders right now are an established team with established veterans. Raddy's not going to stick around. Barzell, you know, when he was up, they were a team that was really looking to kind of get to the next level. And we thought maybe he could have helped. They sent him back. It turned out to be okay, but, uh, you know, that was a little bit disappointing. In this case, I'm definitely not disappointed. I, not to go off on a whole thing either, but like you talk about like organizational prospect rankings. I know those guys like work really hard and they spend a lot of time at the rank and they talk to all these scouts and stuff. But man, I, I don't know. Like some of those, some of them are a little bit crazy. I mean, we you hear forever that these teams are good or bad and they, they keep on. I mean, the Penguins have had the worst ranked or one of the worst ranked prospect pools for years and years and years. And every time they bring a guy up, he immediately steps right in. Like he's played for 10 years. So like, who, you know, <laughs> what the, who, what's going on? Yeah. Like these guys suck or are they really good? I don't understand because every guy that comes up from Wilkes bar, he is, you know, playing on the line with Sidney Crosby. And all of a sudden he looks like Chris Kunitz or one of those guys, you know, like, come on. So, uh, but we'll have to see. And then also like, you know, one guy graduates to the NHL level and all of a sudden the guy, the team's prospect pool goes from like an B plus yeah. to a D minus. Yeah. Like, well, wait a minute. Hold on a second. What, one guy did all that, you know? So and it's also like, just because he's graduated from being quote unquote, a prospect just means he's in a young NHL player. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. He's like, still so, the same guy. Right? Yeah, no, like, no one adopts it in my mind is still, you know, a young developing NHL player. And right. uh, it's so like having, and he's another big part of the reason I think the, uh, the team's fortunes are, or could be even better than what we assume, which was like you know, a one or two, maybe three year window from now. Um, because he Dobson kind of reminds me a little bit of like Ryan Pollock, uh, mm. a little bit like in terms of development, like you can, you, you saw, and, and I thought this about ha- Travis Hamannick too, when he was coming into his own, it's, it seems like Dobson kind of just develops like a new skill uh, <laughs> every couple months like he gets better at something and that's part of just becoming a you know better nhl player and i i thought Pollock did that and it was and it's like very tangible and w- just watching dobson i saw one, maybe two shifts from him yesterday and, and just one of them was he just kind of erased somebody behind <laughs> the net on a great play where he had to recover for uh, a mistake by uh a forward or something it might have been the play where rat who uh did the 
behind the back pass <laughs> at the blue line. But um, uh, whatever it was, it was a great play. I'm like, you know, he he's Noah Dobson has that in his locker, and not very many NHL defensemen do. Or if, and if they do, they don't have the other side of his game, which is a pretty good offensive player. I feel like every time the Islanders scored in the playoffs during the run that they were on, on last year, Noah Dobson was one of the people in the the, the hug at the end of the goal because he was just on the ice for all these goals. Mm. Um, so like even him too, like having these this group of players either in inter- entering or in their prime or at you know Ratu and Salo's age, it's uh, it's 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 funny that I think people maybe people are underestimating just how uh, good a shape the Islanders are in. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, um, I'm glad you brought him up too. Because, yeah, Robin Sallow has been another guy who's really stood out. Also played both games. He's uh, pretty active in the defensive zone. Seems to be, you know, uh, have a good kind of grasp of the pace and, uh, you know, wasn't kind of getting ragdolled around out there. Um, you know, another guy who's, whose name we've heard a lot, he was drafted a number of years ago, um, and it's good to see him out there and good to see him playing well. Again, not looking out of place, looking like a guy who, you know, m- could probably play in the NHL and, and, you know, maybe make a contribution, uh, whether or not he gets that chance this year. I don't know. Uh, you know, the, the defense of anything for the Islanders is still, I bet, I guess a, a bit of a work in progress. Again, we haven't seen Char play yet. Um, McLeddy's not here. Uh, and so they have some stuff to figure out and, uh, we'll see what happens. Oh, Andy Green hasn't played in the, uh, oh no, I think, no, Green did play, I think in the first game, but I, I don't know, whatever. But, uh, you know, that, that's probably where if you're a player in camp right now, you might see the, an opportunity. And I don't know if Sallow sees that he's a little bit older. I, I believe he can play in the AHL. I don't have it up. I'm sure. Yeah, I think he can. Yeah. So. Uh, you know, that that would be an option for him. He probably also doesn't need waivers. I think Arthur Staple may have said that. So that would help be helpful, too, if they could send him down and, and not have to worry about him being snatched up. And then the other guy that stood out to me is Richard Ponick, who came over in the Nick Letty trade as kind of a throw in. I don't think really anybody thought he would even be here. I figured they'd put him on waivers or release him or whatever. But uh, he looks like a pretty good dude. And, and uh, you know, Trotz has had uh, praise for him, too. At first, he started out saying, I don't know what kind of player he even is. Is he? Are we talking about like a top nine guy? Is he? Are we talking about like a you know fourth line player? What what is he good at? We got to find that out. And he's finding out that he's got tools for kind of a little bit of everything. And uh, you know, I, I, he's a guy I can see kind of being on that taxi squad, you know, press box purgatory crew that he talked about in the first half, where he's just sort of there. And there's you know they don't want to put him on waivers because they don't want to lose him. But he's a pretty useful guy, and especially if you know if Martin is maybe a little bit banged up. Cal uh, Clutterbuck in his final year, he always seems to be a little bit banged up throughout the course of the season. So you're going to need guys that can do that. But uh, I don't know. I, I've been impressed. I just, again, I maybe didn't expect him to be here, so I might might just be kind of a uh, you know a very weird rose colored <laughs> situation. But he's looked pretty good. I mean, I don't know why I'm surprised. The guy's been in the league for ten years. He's played for six different teams. I'm not sure why I'm surprised, but. Uh, yeah, uh, he's here still and uh, might end up being a lot more useful to the Islanders than uh, we thought when he first came over in that trade. Yeah, he seems he seems like kind of um, on a collision course with the Leo Komarov kind of role where it's exactly. like you're in the lineup, you're out of the lineup, then you're playing on the first line um, <laughs> in, in the most important game of the, the team's <laughs> history since the 80s. So uh, it just seems that that's kind of what Trot sees him as, as a guy that you can play in. Uh, all four lines on the wing and he can chip in offensively. He's definitely someone who I feel like I, I've seen, I see him play off a million times a year. Cause I'm like, Oh yeah, Richard panics on the coyotes. Now Richard panics on <laughs> the Blackhawks. Now I didn't know that when did that happen? He's probably uh, maybe the record holder of trades of well, when did that happen? <laughs> um, so yeah, he, he looks good. He looks, he looks like a, a useful player uh, in, in, in the right role. And the Islanders obviously are a team where roles are defined pretty uh sturgently or, or strictly so his and he might not be he he's the type of player and with type of skill set that might not uh do well in maybe for like the florida panthers this year or something but <laughs> for this team because they're going to put him in a role that fits his game uh and he's going to have very defined uh basically instructions for the season he could you know and, and he's got a little bit of upside i think he scored 20 goals in a season one so mm. uh and he's Slovakian too, which is good for uh, you know the, the the club's growing Eastern European <laughs> contingent with uh, including uh, a certain defenseman. Yeah, and... <laughs> exactly. And uh, so 
that you know that's that's always a plus too. Right. Uh, but yeah, I mean him, him Ponick definitely is one that that has stu- stood out a little bit and and brings if if he's the type of guy who if he plays the way he's basically been advertised by trots or whatever he can probably play the matt martin role pretty well too so uh yeah nothing nothing to complain about with him either yeah yeah definitely so uh yeah and this is just after two games so come back (laughs) (laughs) there's a bunch more uh so uh we'll see how that goes uh so uh yeah we, we talked about some some bold predictions and again you, you had mentioned this uh before we came on and I, I think it's a great idea. Uh and so I want you to start because yours are, are much more bold than mine. Uh okay. but uh you know it's a good time to kind of get we're all getting kind of geared up and the season starts in just a few weeks. Uh so uh give me uh the first of your bold predictions for the 21-22 NHL season. This this is a rare one where it's both a bold and a banker. You can definitely go to the bank with this one. That uh, sometime within like the first two or three weeks of the season, Barry Trotz says that Zach Parisi's game is coming along and he's still like learning the finer details of the system defensively and how to do it. But um, he's he's happy with how he's playing like offensively and stuff. He's but he's he's not quite there yet. But but he's getting there. And Barry Trotz will say he's very confident that Parisi will get to where we need him to be to to uh you know as, as the season goes on it's funny how we've watched so many of these that i could i can i know exactly you've come up with this scenario and i can totally hear that barry saying that in his voice like i could totally hear him <laughs> saying that you know he's uh he, he is coming along but uh you know we, we'll get him to where we need to be definitely i could see i could totally see that happening uh and uh and i think even zach would be like yeah you know we're, we're i'm getting there trying to you know the more we work at it, the harder, you know, the faster it'll go. So I think that that's a good prediction. Uh, and then your second prediction is actually quite bold. And yes. So I think people will appreciate this one. So go ahead. The Islanders reacquire Nicoletti at the trade deadline. That would be like, <laughs> I just, I just, I just, I don't know. I had a feeling I was talking about, we were, t- I was talking about Nicoletti at, uh, at a fundraiser on Saturday night with, with someone. And we we're like, I can just see it. Just see it, just you know, the Islanders just being like, I don't know, you know, whether it's for they they need him because of injury or whatever. I just have a feeling, um, you know, when 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 the Islanders they need to trust. I find it so funny that when they sign someone or trade for someone, it's like, wow, that person must do something very very well because you have to have so much trust from Lou Lamarillo to be signed or acquired <laughs> on this team. Like you, even Richard panic. I'm like, Oh, well mm. Lou, he must, he must've done, he must like held the door open for Lou. Maybe one day as he was walking into an arena somewhere and, and <laughs> Lou was like, you know, that guy, he's a, he's a polite man. And that, that shows that he's trustworthy because, and so, but Letty knows the system or whatever. And if the Islanders need uh, a defenseman on that left side that they can trust who better than the guy who has been playing uh, in the system for so long. Uh, so, yeah, that's my other bold p- p- uh, prediction is they they trade for Nick Letty. I, I'm just wondering, like, what they would trade for him. Like, how funny would it Maybe be? Maybe Richard, Pat- Richard Panic. Right, Richard Panic. Well, I was thinking Leo Komarov. Like, <laughs> yeah. how funny would it be to have traded Letty and they got a second round pick and Panic for him, right? Is that what it was? Or. Yeah, I think it yeah. was like, and yeah. then to trade Leo for Letty, and then you, so you get to keep Letty, plus you get to keep Panning, plus the pick, like, <laughs> you know, that would be pretty crazy. I could, I don't know, I don't, you know, like obviously, like this summer we talked about it in the last episode, like this is the summer of kind of writing wrongs. I don't think trading Nick Letty was a wrong necessarily, but uh, I it it does wonder, it does open the door for like who who else would mm-hmm. would come back, you know, like you know to bring back somebody that. Devon Taves probably is not going to get traded back, (laughs) but uh, you know, it it would be pretty funny. So, and it would be bold. And I, and depending on what they gave up, I can see people being like Lou, man, I don't know what, (laughs) like just, and then he's going to win his third GM of the year award and people are going to get pissed off. So I could totally see that happening. Uh, So my two bold predictions, uh, what was the first one? I'm trying to think of what, what the first one was. Oh yeah. Okay. The first one also involves Leo Komarov because we can't, you know, have the Islanders without him. He's such an integral part of the team now. Uh, my bold prediction, number one, is that Leo will be put on waivers at least three times this season, but he will never leave the team at all. 
Like he will be put on waivers. <laughs> he won't be claimed and he's not going, but he doesn't go anywhere. He never actually plays a day in bridge, spends a day in Bridgeport, never plays a game for the Bridgeport Islanders. He's just <laughs> always here, but they put him on waivers because they got to make room for somebody or kind of salary cap, you know, maneuvering or juggling or whatever. So there'll be three times and people will be like, Oh my God, it's happening. But he doesn't actually go anywhere. He's still, and then, you know, when the playoffs start, he's on the roster and he's there once the, the, the they expect. So, so yeah, that's I mean, my that, first prediction. That, it's like you were saying with uh, the trots thing. I could, I could totally see it too. I could just see the <laughs> tweets now. Like yeah. you have Gord Miller saying today's waiver wire, like Komarov, and then two two tweets later, uh, uh, Arthur Stapler, someone being like, no one's picking him up. Like, yeah. like they, <laughs> paper transaction. Yeah, paper transaction. Yeah. <laughs> we, we just, I just, I just saw Leo actually at you know just salad in, in Garden City. He's not worried about. It. <laughs> so, so that's that's bold prediction number one. Bold prediction number two has to do with UBS Arena. I'm still watching. The live feed every day. Uh, I just have to say, you know, because we actually haven't had that much anxiety in this episode, but I'm going to throw a little bit in right now. I am not a contractor. I am not an engineer. I don't work construction. That's not Legos or something like that. Um, But I'm looking at this thing and I have no idea how they're going to finish this in a month and a half. (laughs) I really don't. I hope I obviously I I expect to be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. They got a lot of smart people, a lot of hardworking, dedicated people. That are going to work around the clock, twenty four seven to get this thing done. But I'm looking at luxury boxes that have no seats. <laughs> they just put in the carpeting for those things today. Uh, I did notice the boards going around the ice surface, which is kind of cool. Like when you see that, um, I'm looking at blacktop outside that hasn't been you know concrete on it yet. There's some shrubs in a lot of spaces without shrubs. A lot of windows not in yet. So I don't I don't know. I just I hope I'm wrong. But that's not my prediction. I prediction they better be finished by <laughs> November, whatever else the Islanders are in a lot of trouble. Um, but my bold prediction is that when UBS arena does open and the first game happens and everybody's excited and everybody's going in there to take in an Islanders game for the first time, something incredibly stupid will be wrong or out of place or odd. And it will become a recurring negative aspect of the, of the arena forever going forward. So it'll be like, oh, you know, the the water in the bathrooms is too cold. And all of a sudden it's going to be like, oh, man, I, I heard that place sucks. The bad, the water is freezing in the bathrooms. And it's going to be like a whole stupid thing. Or like, you know, somebody's speaker is going to be too loud. And it's going to be, oh, I mean, I heard the speakers are too loud. The whole thing sucks. And that's going to be a, a storyline going forward. I 100% guarantee yeah. that that's going to happen. Yeah, Easy. there's definitely <laughs> you have the, the audience is right for it too with right both the Islanders Twitter and, and hockey Twitter etc. Especially with um two of the early teams being the Flames and Leafs, so you're yes. gonna have some Canadians in there and they'd be like, you know, it's a nice building, but I don't know about this. And then all of a sudden, it's gonna be how could they do that? Oh my God, what's wrong with them? <laughs> and then this be a whole thing. So so there you go. That's my. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, and I have one more that's not bold because it's, oh. it's absolutely going to happen. Is is that Adam, Adam Henrique ends up on the Islanders too? Just realized, wow. like, yeah, he's that. I was just thinking that, yeah, there's no way that he doesn't end up playing on this team. It definitely can't be categorized as a bold prediction when we've made that same prediction three years in a row. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's an old prediction at this. Point, yes, old but, prediction. But I, I concur. I, I will say that that yeah. is 100. I don't know. Something has to happen with his. His contract, because again, he's got that like crazy, stupid contract. But yeah, I can totally see that happening too. And uh, and he'll end up in the press box with Richard Panic and, and everybody else. <laughs> uh, so uh, you were just talking about, uh, uh, jokingly, about le- seeing Leo Komarov at uh, Just Salad. Uh, we used to have a salad works around here, and it closed like five years ago, and I'm still pissed off because I only ate there like <laughs> twice, and I loved it, and. It's been gone ever since. It's something else, some other restaurant now. But uh, you had a, a run-in with an Islander, an actual, well, former Islander recently at another like Long Island food establishment, right? And it just yeah. came out of the clear blue sky. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm getting uh, LASIK done in at the, towards the end of the month. So I was driving and I was early for my appointment. So I stopped in Garden City where the doctor was. And um, I, I'll be honest, I, I was just cracking up thinking of chara and because it was just about a week maybe later and uh i was thinking about how happy johnny boychuk and dennis seidenberg must be that the you know three of them are are back and together uh and yeah i get to i can't remember what the place was called it was like you know just like a pretty 
quick takeout burger place on uh, 7th Street in Garden City. I sit down and look up and I was, I'm on the inside of the restaurant or I'm on the inside of the restaurant and uh, I see a very in shape bald dude <laughs> across uh, sitting outside. So there was just like a window pane of glass and a couple of tables in between us. And it's, yes, then it's Seidenberg. And the whole time, wow. I'm, you know, you know, I don't, I don't get starstruck and I know a lot of people say <laughs> that, but I, I, as, as long as, as long as the people aren't dead, Dennis Seidenberg, I don't get starstruck, I should say, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, you know, I've gone toe to toe with Brett Yormark and people like that, uh, in, in, in my past. So I'm not, uh, you know, not, I just, see, I just see a human being on the other side, but not with this one. I was really nervous. Uh, and cause I just wanted to talk to him about char or say something. And so finally, uh, he finished his uh, salad or whatever, as I was wolfing down a, a burger and fries which kind of shows you why he is where he is. The, 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 the glass was a metaphor, actually. It was a perfect <laughs> metaphor that I'm on the inside of this restaurant. He's on the outside. Um, and I, uh, yeah, I said, as he's walking in, I, I said, uh, I was like, hey, good job getting Big Z here. And mm. he smiled and said, oh, I didn't do anything. I just talked to him. Uh, and I said, no, that's not what we heard. We heard it was all you. And he just laughed and walked <laughs> away. And then on his way back out of the restaurant, he said, yeah, have a nice day. Uh, and that was it. That's great. So yeah, huge, huge moment. That is me. huge. Yeah. Uh, we just uh, so apparently he's he's the strength and conditioning. Co- oh, he's he's some kind of like conditioning coach for the Islanders. He's not just like former Islander that's hanging around the island now. Like, he has an official position with the team, which I don't think I yeah. knew until you told me this story. Well, it's it's like the press box thing. It's like all these these alums who, who yeah. most of whom aren't like well known for their Islander days, like Seidenberg, who just like mm. end up sticking around because they moved here at the end of their career and like, oh, this place rocks. So uh yeah, he's got one of those kind of Marty I don't know if Marty Reasoner's still on the pay- the payroll, but he's another one. Matt Karkner was another one. Uh, yeah. I don't think he- those guys are around anymore. But yeah, there was just like that gaggle of of old old school guys and yeah. the uh Eric Cairns is the OG in that role. Him and right, Steve yeah, Webb. obviously, yeah. Um, and uh, and Dobson doesn't still live with Seidenberg. I, I mean, I think that was very early. And I'm sure I know. I, that, so the other thing, I was just debating whether or not to ask him if, <laughs> if make a joke about Barzell living there. And then I was like, you know what? That's like pushing it too far. So I'll just stick with the char. Yeah, you don't. And, and it landed. So it landed. So it was the right decision. <laughs> That's funny. But uh, yeah, Arthur Staple had a great story about uh, Chara this week in the Athletic and. Was I, I was saying that Seidenberg was like showing him around the the uh, practice facility, and Char was really really impressed <laughs> by it. So uh, he might be uh, he might be being very humble and uh, self deprecating there, but we all know that Dennis Seidenberg was really the, uh, <laughs> the 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 you know the pushing the push behind the Islanders getting Char. Uh, also, I got to say, uh, you know, German food is absolutely delicious, and so I applaud his uh, will to order a salad. I mean, salad is delicious too, but like, you know, if I was given a choice of eating like delicious yeah. German food or salad, I think I'd probably go with the German food, but there used to be a schnitzel place near my, my office, which again, closed a long time ago and it was fantastic. And I would have eaten every, all three meals there if I could. Cause it there's, was there's a German place in garden city. Now that I think about it, yeah. I think it's called Prost. And, uh, so I wonder if he's, he's there all oh, the yeah. time. Didn't he, he and Grice did that thing. Didn't they? They were at the beer garden or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, <laughs> it was. So, yeah, that was during the. Uh, they had Grabowski and Kuhlman do their. Yeah. The, the Russians in Brooklyn, and then yeah, yeah those two guys. So. I, I guess I guess he's eaten enough German food to kind of yeah, w- yeah. want to break. I mean, I know my mother in law, seventy something year old Sicilian lady, is still consistent. My wife and I have been married fifteen years, and she's consistently shocked that we don't make a huge bowl of like pasta with the meatballs and everything on Sunday, and it's just like. <laughs> There's only three of us. It's two of us and our daughter, and sometimes we want hamburgers. Like, what are you going to do? You know, or whatever. So she's. I guess we're we're kind of you know we 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 moved on. It's good. It's nice to have, but every once in a while we're going to shake it up. So so Dennis Seinberg, we salute you and your salad and uh, for being cool. So, Prost, hey, Dennis. Prost. Yes. <laughs> uh, last thing I just want to bring up as a reminder to everybody. Uh, I personally am probably going to skip it because I feel like I would be tempting fate a little bit, but. In case anybody out there had forgotten, um, the Leafs All or Nothing show on Amazon premieres this Friday, October 1st. Uh, It is a behind the scenes look at the Leafs uh, last season that, of course, imploded hilariously for all the world to see. 
uh, it seems like they really did go very in depth and have them, you know, a lot of, a lot of the guys like in their homes and in the locker room and, and team meetings, management meetings, coaches meetings and arguments and stuff like that. And that all seems very, very cool. Uh, if you want to laugh at the Leafs one more time, I'm all for it. I totally understand. I feel like I'm tempting fate by doing that. So I'm probably going to skip it. There's already some reviews out there. Uh, and Leafs fans are taking it about as well as you can expect. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, check that. It's on Amazon Prime. So if you have an Amazon Prime subscription, it's right there for you. And I know you have been waiting for this since it was announced. Like you yeah. were immediately like, this is going to be the greatest show I've seen all year. So yeah, I was horrified I'm really hoping first, to hear though. what you have to say about it. Yeah, I was just really horrified at first. like you, <laughs> Because every year I convince myself either them or the Rangers is going to win the Stanley Cup. Right. Um, and I was like, great, now I got to deal with a documentary while the Leafs do it. Um, so that, that really did have the potential to, to ruin my life. And <laughs> so that's, that's why I'm going to watch it. It's like, it's, it, it is almost like a celebration and, uh, of, of all things Leaf failures. And I'll take it because, um, I think about this a lot when I'm watching, a like a sports documentary where there's a big comeback and I'm, and I always like to look at like, uh, the fans or players or whatever when they're up, you know, big or something before the comeback starts to be like, this person has no idea what's about to happen. It's funny to think that way. And I'm pretty excited to watch uh, the, the Leafs <laughs> players with that look on their face. And as you said, the, uh, yeah, the reviews from the fans are already uh, exactly as you expect. And the media too is already fawning over it. So it's like Jeff, Jeff Merrick and Elliot Freeman spent 15 minutes on it to open up their, their podcast, which I don't know if they realize is listened to, millions of hockey fans who don't need to hear you know what jeff marrick wishes was in a documentary that nobody besides the two of them have seen yet you know mm. when he was going on about oh wouldn't it have been awesome if they had a mic on paul maurice there because he coached <laughs> this guy in junior and he maybe was chirping him mm. not not jeff uh, I, don't, I just 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 want to get to the end i just mm. want to see mitch marner's head in his hands please <laughs> uh so yeah I'm, I'm very excited uh yeah very very excited i'm very excited to talk about it next week i'm, I'm gonna get through it very quickly numerous <laughs> times my my hope and again this is why i don't want to watch it because i would feel if i did watch it and i would get my hopes up too high and then this next part would never happen but i'm hoping that this thing is so in-depth that it completely implodes them for all this season like it just becomes like, you know, they're finding out what other teammates have said about them. Or they're, we've already heard like William Nylander's camp, quote unquote camp, is like upset with his sort of depiction in the show. And obviously his his relationship with them is already sort of fraught. And, you know, people are always trying to trade him for somebody or whatever. I can imagine Marner is probably going to be along the same lines. Somebody's going to have an issue with like how much time they spent, like, you know, buying clothes and not practicing. I, I could imagine like somebody's going to take something the coach said and all of a sudden make it be like, this guy's lost the room. You got to get rid of him. I'm really hoping that we look back on this like 10 years later and are like, that is the thing that completely yep. destroyed this entire franchise. So, uh, that'd be great. I would be great. Again, I'm not, I think for just voice, uh, voicing it already is probably too much, but that would be great. I will also tell you that, and I know people are probably thinking this now, just put it out of your head right now. This will never come to the Islanders ever. Like as long as these dudes are in charge, yeah. the Islanders will never get one of these. And it's not one of the like, oh, nobody cares about the Islanders thing. It's a little bit of that, I guess. But there ain't no way Lou Lamorello is bringing Amazon's cameras, high definition cameras into the Islanders locker room. I don't care what they offer him. If they offer him a billion zillion dollars, it ain't happening. So, And I'm not complaining about it because I think it probably is a distraction to a certain degree. Uh, but uh, if you if you're harboring any ideas like oh man it'd be great if we saw the Islanders do this yeah that's that's not gonna happen like you, if you get a couple of clips of Barry the end of a Barry Trotz pregame speech or Anders Lee slapping the the door on the way out the locker room towards the ice that that's about all you can hope for because that's all you're gonna get out of these guys so the most buttoned up tight lipped team in the league uh, so and again that's not a bad thing so they but yeah October first bring it Amazon up. Prime check it out or borrow somebody's password and. Use theirs or something. So have to check it out if you want to. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, that's about it for now. We'll be back next week. We're going to try and make it uh, a Wednesday thing. So you'll see episodes Wednesday nights, you know, Thursday morning, somewhere in there. I'm not sure what Joe and Noel uh, are planning this year, but uh, maybe you get two podcasts every Thursday. Maybe they, they go on a different day. We'll see. The Islanders will generally have off on Wednesday, so that's why we're going to try and do it on those days. Again, maybe they are too. 
Um, and, uh, you know, there are days where they play, obviously we'll, we'll adjust accordingly. Uh, but yeah, so hopefully, uh, Wednesday nights, Thursday, uh, mornings, you'll, uh, see the new episodes. Uh, okay. So make sure to read lighthouse hockey every single day for your most up-to-date Islanders news and discussion. Uh, where can everybody find you on Twitter? The big Lee basket with two E's. Follow Mike at the Big Lebowski, read his work at the Action Network, and listen to him with our friend Arthur Staple on the Athletics Podcast, No Sleep Till Belmont. It was great, very betting heavy, uh, but obviously, you know, it's we've had Art on our show a million times, and and he's always fun to talk to, and you guys also share some great Stan Fischler stories, as we are all part of the uh, the fraternity of uh, former Stan Fischler <laughs> interns, and uh yeah, so that's another that's another Amazon Prime show somebody needs to make about all Stan Fischler interns. But uh, but yeah, check it out. It, it was really really cool and uh, it was uh, it was fun and it's a it's a great Islanders crossover event. So uh, mm-hmm. and uh, and that's it. So uh, we'll talk to you next week. Uh, Islanders preseason game Saturday, probably another one or two next week too. And uh, we will uh, talk to you after them. All right, thanks a lot. Talk to you later. Bye bye. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. Get down the stairs Clowns to the left of me Jokers to the right Here I am stuck in the middle with you Yes I